Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box Exclusive, Channel 10 to bring back Deal or No Deal, another exclusive story about Tipping Point, confirmed, and why are people leaving Netflix? Is the password sharing crackdown to blame? Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. Why? This is TV Black Box. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Robert Arthur Leslie McKnight, and this is TV <laughs> Black Box. I can't believe I gave out my middle names. David <laughs> Robbo Robinson, that's your official middle name, isn't it? What People don't realise that. Your mm. middle name is actually Robbo. Well, that's what it was. I was born out of a television set. So this television set kind of spread its legs. And I was born in that sequence jacket from the $5 quiz. Uh, and my mum was watching there. Um, as I was being born, though, my mother did dislocate two of my grandmother's um, fingers as I was coming into the world because I was a big boy. She was a small girl uh, and she hid it for a long time. Sorry. Wow, I, so I, I, I was so, so, so sorry. <laughs> I, I just don't know why your grandmother lost some fingers in, in the She was bird. holding onto my mother's hands. And oh, so then gotcha. because I, I like to make an entrance. Mm. And let me tell you, the vaginal canal of any woman is not a way I like to be there. So I want to get out quickly <laughs> and I want to make a big bloody bang. And so that also comes with, uh, you know, issues where... My mother had to be cut from arsehole to breakfast time to let me out, and oh, she dislocated my, uh, my nana's fingers. I mean, this is this is true stuff. I, I'm, yeah. I'm here talking And truth. we're off. Mm. Abby Nicholson, TV producer, now working for Weekend Today. Well, Top that. Cop oh, that. I can't. I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Um, but I just first would like to acknowledge that I'm recording today on Daramorigal land, and I would like to pay my respects to their elders past and present. And uh, big news, you've signed the contract with Weekend Today. And it's funny, someone said to me, oh, are you sad Abby's leaving the podcast? And I said, what do you mean? Who said that? She can't do it now that she's uh, working for Channel 9. I said, I don't think 9 would be that stupid. Surely it's good for them to have someone on the podcast who is maybe even championing Channel 9 or being able to tell 9's story. You know, I'm currently working for 7. That hasn't stopped me from doing it. I would be shocked disappointed and dismayed if anyone tried to stop you doing this podcast, Debbie Mickelson. I think maybe we just wait and see what happens and we don't make them regret hiring me before I've even freaking started. <laughs> and Can just... I say something, though? Um, um, Daddy Russell, I'll do whatever you want. So if you want to, I, I will kick this podcast to the curb <laughs> if you give me a job. TV black box, what? Who cares? And that's why, Robbo, he's not giving you a job. Integrity, <laughs> my friend, integrity. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a lot to talk about tonight. Mulky's away, so that means you guys Aww. might get a word in. Here <laughs> we <laughs> And here we go, because it wouldn't be a week in television without news of a reboot. Remember this? That's right, Deal or No Deal is coming back to our screens in a TV black box exclusive I revealed the series is being revived a decade after production finished. Though its home was on 7 for 12 years, it has been picked up by Channel 10. And another change, of course, will be its host. Andrew O'Keefe hosted the original series for its entire run, but I think we all know he won't be returning due to ongoing legal issues. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because Endemol Shine had been pitching a new series of Deal or No Deal, 
but they were pitching Deal or No Deal meets Survivor. Oh, get over now, this what, bloody crossover with Survivor. No, Every, what so it what was, was is you, you know were on an next? island. We're going to have. Hang on, I haven't of, even finished the intro. Well, I, I understand <laughs> that. I've got to take up the role of Mulk here, but we're, we're going to get Wheel of Fortune crossed with Survivor. We're going to get Family Feud crossed <laughs> with Survivor. We're, we're going to get Sale of the Century crossed with Survivor. Hey, hey, programmers. <laughs> Get the fuck over it. It is fucking awful. And also, Million Dollar Chance of a Lifetime. No, sorry, Million Dollar Island, another <laughs> another game show, Um, is not going to work because it didn't work. So why does everyone want to cross everything? Because... We're going to get a country practice. Cross with Survivor. <laughs> we're going uh, to get Gilmore Girls. Cross with Survivor. It's oh, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> okay, okay. Survivor. Me, uh, I'm going to let you finish, sake. but let me finish the intro, sort of. Um, what, what it was, Robbo, was that it was basically you're on the island and you've got to find the hidden suitcases. And so oh, no, that you're was... not, that's not true, is it? That's not true. That's not true. Yeah. No, and, no, and, no, no, it's and not And I'm true. hearing that it's been picked up by an American network. I've heard an American network no, is going to be doing this. This is a parody. You're, you're, we, we can laugh in a minute where you go, <laughs> haha, I was joking. No. What? So that's what Endemol Show has been pitching, but. My sources do say the version on Channel 10 will be a revised version of the original. And I can also reveal Channel 10 are looking to air it at 6pm weeknights for 30 minutes. I did wonder whether it would be an hour show, Abby, and whether the project might be in trouble. But a bit more investigating today has revealed the project is apparently safe, returning in 2024 with no changes because everything is fine and the ratings aren't a problem at all. So what do we think about <laughs> Deal or No Deal, 6 o'clock? I am really, really excited. I love Deal or No Deal. It is, I'm not a huge game show person. Deal or No Deal is the exception to that. I absolutely freaking love it. Um, I actually like that it'll only be 30 minutes. It doesn't need to be an hour. That no, just drags on it too doesn't. much, I think. Um, and hopefully this will be a good lead-in for the project and that, maybe we'll see a bit of an increase in numbers as well. So I think good move, exciting move. Like Robbo, I'm very happy that they are not going with this Survivor crossover. I think just, yeah, keep it to basics. I'm really, really excited. And I understand, though, that Amazon is doing its its neighbours, but with a Survivor crossover. <laughs> they just meet Survivor so where they're Harold, all on an every island week. and they all roast up Harold. Yeah, that's right. They're all the on an island. Crackling. That's almost, it's, it's like Lost, but with a neighbours feel <laughs> sake programmers around the country and around the world give up on this survivor crossover absolute bullshit love to see deal or no deal back um now i always like to talk about 30 rock um 30 rock did a little uh, a joke on it was which was called gold case which kenneth talked about and you had to guess which one which one of the briefcases had the gold in it and it was always the one that the the model could not hold up uh, and she was shaking, <laughs> and she was shaking, and so they go, that one, that one, and that one. And then John McEnroe, That's who was hosting good. it, said, uh, this doesn't work, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> um, so I love that oh, kind of thing. That's amazing. Um, look, Dylan, a, a really fun game. Um, you know what, though? I'm going to go against Typey. I love television. I love the original. I just think that choosing, I mean, you know Tipping Point, which we're going to talk about soon on the on the program Spoiler um alert. yeah which um well i'm, I'm taking the role of mulk here okay <laughs> um, um there, there there is some difference in excitement to that is choosing a briefcase is that enough tipping point has the the difference between having um the 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 chance right so it's a chance game but it's also got some trivia to it as well um, you've the deal or no deal is only chance though. It's it's only chance. So you can't you can't sit there and go, oh, I know the answer to this or I know the answer to that. It's literally just, oh, well, let's choose that. What, what which one are we gonna? I I think it's a bit too basic for what we're dealing with now. I think a reboot of Wheel of Fortune. I really believe this. A reboot of Wheel no. of Fortune would be better. Wheel because of Fortune would... has daggy prizes and and uh, it just it it doesn't work in any rebooted format. But, 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 and which, and which, I remember which... the classic series of Wheel of Fortune where they said we're revolutionising it, and you know what they did? They put three plasmas behind the contestants. No, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Um, can I tell you a, a quick story, a showbiz story? So when Edwina Bartholomew and I first started at Channel Seven, um, we found the wheel and it was in the props bay of Seven at yes. Epping. And it had the uh, the major prize round. Um, yes. uh, I spun up some decorative rocks, and I believe she, <laughs> she spun up a holiday 
and we can see that she's always had the luck. Uh, but a big love to Eddie. <laughs> you know I love Eddie. I mean, I love I, those decorative rocks. There isn't a person who didn't walk through that dock bay at Epping Correct. and spin that wheel when Correct. it was sitting there. Yeah, it was one of the so joys. Good. One of the joys of working there. All right. Well, in more game show news, we brought you the exclusive, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and now it has been confirmed. Todd Woodbridge will be the host of Tipping Point Australia. In fact, he's already filmed some episodes and has them under his belt, according to the Herald Sun. Nine apparently filmed the episodes in London earlier this year with Woodbridge in the role. Production is set to commence in Melbourne in October. Um, I, I just need... I'm going to get my ringtone remade, the McKnight Tonight, and I'm going to call it... Where is this going? McKnight was right. McKnight was right. Is this the whole reason we're talking about this, just so we can all sit around and tell you that you were right? Yeah, because why are we talking about this? We know that he was the host. But he was the host. (laughs) We know that. Why are we talking about it? Because (laughs) I revealed he was the host. So that's that's why we chose this topic. (laughs) Because the Herald Sun have confirmed it today. So that's why we're uh, talking about it on the po- What's wrong with that? I mean, you started this. You, we, you we should this be happen. talking about it. No, I'll tell you why mm. we're talking about it. I'm so sick of everyone getting their exclusive news from TV Black Box, true, true. the industry mm. then accepting it as fact, and yep. no one remembering who broke it first. So Which I agree everyone with. now fully accepts Todd Woodbridge as the host. But, mm. you know, other media outlets reported it. Some refused to report it because it came from TV Black Box. And now it's just, oh, rumours have been circulating for months. Mm-hmm. No, they weren't rumours. I reported the facts, like I always fucking do. So a tribute, fuckers, a tribute. Yeah. Sorry, rant over. <laughs> oh, it just shits me. No one ever remembers the great work we do at TV Black Box. And you know it is where people in the industry get their news. I've heard that, yeah. Hey, Robbo, here's, here's, on that, here's why we're covering it. You, yeah. ha- you hated Todd Woodbridge. You said he was terrible. Hadn't seen a frame. But it has been pointed <laughs> out to us by a Melbourne listener that Todd Woodbridge is a regular on postcards. Yeah. And so he has covered more than just sport. Yeah. Has that changed your opinion at all? So... <laughs> Hosting a game show, though, is is I, I, it's a, it's a juggling act of I think three or four, five, six, seven balls in the air. It's about moving the game forward. It's about getting the most out of the contestants, and it's about showing the audience what the rules are. That's that's a big thing to do, and great people have done it. Obviously, John Burgess, Tony Barber, um, have, have done it David throughout Robinson the years. On the five dollar quiz, correct? Well, I didn't want to say it, but I wanted someone else to say. It. It, it's, I'm it's contractually obliged. There's lots, there's, lots, <laughs> there's lots of balls to put in the air. So yeah, of course, you know Todd um, is a great talent in on postcards. He's a great talent in sport commentary. Um, a game show is just a different beast. But nine which... have seen him do it. They've seen the UK versions and they've gone. Todd is our man. But they only knew that after they put him in there, which I just think. Yeah, was, which yeah. I would say, if that's the case, genius. Well done, Channel 9. Good yeah, picking, good casting. Well done. And I, look, I, I wish him all the best. It's just, it's such a balancing act. Obviously, the nine executives think that he can do it. I'm excited to see the show. All right, each year, viewers tune in to Married at First Sight for the fights, cheatings and scandals. But could that all be about to change? Channel 9's Head of Content, Production and Development, Adrian Swift, has indicated a change in direction. Speaking to the Herald Sun, he said, We have tried to move away from the screechy and shouting. We still give it all the drama that it needs, but we've tried to absolutely make sure all the relationships we see genuine potential in them. Abby, this sounds like the last season of Married at First Sight. Yeah, this confuses me because we talk about it every year that it's such a ratings success and it's kind of the outlier of everything and that even when we're comparing ratings in general, we can't even bring maths into it because it's just such an anomaly. So I don't know why. I don't overly think it's going to change too much. I think it might be a case of just giving other less dramatic couples possibly a bit more airtime. Like I know last season, Tani and Ollie, for example, had like three, four scenes maybe the whole season because they were were successful. And I know I do get, I do see value in a bit of, bit more of that, but I do still really, really hope that there's still the same I think this is lunacy. And nine have gone down this path before where they've said, oh, we're going to tone it down. No, you're not. Because once you get into the edit and you've seen the toned down version, you're going to go, this is shit. And you're going to ramp up. 
be at it again. These, uh, it's just pointless. We don't want love from Married at First Sight. I mean, tonight, as we record TV Black Box, I'm coming to you live from the Married at First Sight uh, apartments. I am mm. at the Sky Suites in Green Square, and um, I've been on the lookout. I haven't seen any any bachelorettes. No, not bachelorettes, wives or anything like that. I don't know what I'm saying. No, but no, I haven't seen anything is you what I'm saying. You haven't seen any women, have you, mate? Not for a while. No. Uh, <laughs> Um, now, my, I just, Robert, I just think this is so stupid because it, Married at First Sight works. We don't want a bachelor where we don't want the love story. We don't want the fairy tale. We don't want farmer wants a wife. Mm. We want the bitchiness. We want the mm. slaps. We want the drink throwing. Mm. That's what Married at First Sight is. And we all know, we all know the experts are experts at creating drama, not mm. love. I agree with you. I think this is actually an expert uh, way of doing marketing, and Channel 9 knows what they're doing. This is fantastic. So we're being told that the next well, we're season... we Exactly. The next season of uh, MAFS won't be like MAFS, but will it be like MAFS? It might... It, there'll be a little bit of MAFS, but they won't be... So what... Well, I've got to bloody watch it. I think it's absolutely bloody brilliant. I think exactly what they want is happening, and, and that's why we're talking about it. Um, they, they, there is going to be maths. You, you were never going to find a commercial network in all of the world who will mess with something that is printing money. Maths, it, it, it's almost like um, when, you, when you've got maths, it's the 1980s and the television companies are again printing money. And yeah. this is what it is. Um, they're doing exactly what I think they should do. I think this is really smart going, well, guys, we're kind of going to tweak it. Like we're kind of going to have like, I mean, we'll still have some slaps, but we're going to have a lot of love. We're going to tune in and we're going to find out there's still slaps. There's still a bit of love, whatever. This is fantastic from Nine. And it, it's coming at the right time as well. Um, you want to change the narrative or the message because MAFS as a brand is great and still rates and, it, it, you know, it's out of this world. But you need to keep steering the ship because the moment that you fall asleep at the wheel and don't see the ship in a different direction, you hit an iceberg. Titanic reference, 1997, Paramount Pictures and 20th Century Fox. Um, but the other thing is, um, is you've got to understand that you've got to do that. You've got to change it a little bit. So when we watch now, we know that we're going to get wines in the face. We know that we're going to get slaps. We know we're going to get walkouts. But is there a possibility we're going to get a little bit of love, which we haven't had before? And the producers are trying to give us love. This is fantastic. It is a brilliant move by Nine. Yeah. I can't wait for this next season based on this teaser. You're welcome, Daddy Sneezy. You, you know, it's interesting when I watch Gogglebox UK and Married at First Sight Australia comes up, the first things yeah. they all say, I oh, I love this. It's so much better than our one. It's true. You yeah, know? everyone loves it. And you know what? They, Gogglebox UK is so much better than Gogglebox Australia. I cannot uh, let's watch. Let's talk about that in Binge Box. Let's, I, I do want to talk about that. I want to do um, it, yeah. Now, look. Still on Married at First Sight, while the new season is currently in production, past contestants are still making headlines. One of last season's villains, Alyssa, has hit out at producers for not warning the cast that their season was starting to wear in the US. On Instagram, she questioned what Endemol Shine and Channel 9 were going to do to support her, saying she's not ready for another berating of online trolling. Now, when I first saw the headline of this, Abby... I was of the opinion, like, well, you don't own the format rights. You you sign a contract. They can air this in as many countries as they want. But, you know, we've seen over the last few years, there has actually been a big backlash about the way these production companies and networks treat the reality TV contestants. And, mm. um, you know, there was a contestant from My Kitchen Rules that sued Channel 7 successfully about mm -hmm. the working conditions. Um, we've seen uh, all these production houses and networks say we've changed the way we um, deal with contestants. We're making sure their mental health is okay. So while I think it's absolutely within Nine's right and Endemile Shines to play this in America and sell it over there, I mm. do actually think that she's right in that the car should have been warned because otherwise they'll find themselves, especially her being the villain, so to speak, will start getting abusive messages online. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think 
As you said, we've seen over the years people come forward about working conditions and about the mental health impacts of doing these shows. And also we've seen over the years protocols be put in place to help with that. So I remember even last year's Big Brother cast was saying that there was almost too much mental health support. Like they felt quite overwhelmed by it. Like we're all making these efforts. And so I think it's just I think it's just a learning curve. I think it's a courtesy. Um, she is not saying you can't air this. She just wanted a heads up, which I think is fair enough and I think will probably be something that is put into the protocol going forward because I just I don't think there was anything nefarious in it. I think it was just an oversight, right? Like Channel 9 have moved and Endemol have moved on with the new yeah, series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They didn't mean anything by it. It was just an oversight and I, I do think it was fair enough to bring it up and I do hope that it's something that they change going forward. Can I say, though, that in the contract it would have said that we can sell it to overseas markets, we can sell it to overseas distributors and that's well, what Well, 9 and Endemol shine under rights. That's right. So they and can... she's not saying they can't. No, that's right. And and that can happen. Um, can I give you a personal story? So when we first started doing Studio 10, we did a thing called Studio 10U, which was about counselling and, and, and whatnot. So I remember doing a story with um, a young lady who um, her partner in high school had committed suicide. And so we rolled in with lights, cameras, action, clapperboards, all that kind of thing, right? And this was a massive learning curve for me as a young producer. And she cried. It was really intense kind of stuff. Um, and we were packing up and it, it, it hit me. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting like a reaction now um, in my body that we walked in, we got the story, we walked out. And that was not the right thing to do. And I realized that at the time. We had to catch a flight. Um, but I sat with her because I'm saying, I'm so sorry. We have not done anything to support you after this we have walked in here yeah. we have dug up everything um and, and yeah. we're walking out and so we spent more time with her um we, we uh, it, it, just to kind of settle it out and she was lovely and she was it had been many many years since that had happened um but it was acutely aware to me of the way that television goes great story let's get it out there she wanted to get that out there because of the way that her partner um had committed suicide and and the, and the pressures he was under um and we I, I failed at that point and i tried to make it up at that point and i kept in contact with her for a long time after that story and um she then came down to sydney because she had an in-studio component to what what her story was and really just made sure and, and this is not a yay me story it's just an idea of going when you are stirring the pot of emotions in people especially in reality TV, you have uh, a responsibility. And I understand yep. what Abby was saying in regards to Big Brother. They, they might have went overboard. Um, I'll say this as a counterpoint to that, though. What we did with that woman was great, and she was really responsive, and it was lovely. And, and, we, I, and I, I feel at the end of it, and we kept in contact for a long time afterwards, she was okay, but we weren't prepared to take care of her at the beginning. But I did, and we did, and I think the show did a good job for it. Um, at the same time, though, when you sign up for a reality TV show in, in, in regards to Big Brother or Married at First Sight, you are signing up for a particular experience. And I've said this before on this program and on a lot of other programs. If, if you're going to pay football, you have to expect to get grass stains. Now, we can help you get those grass stains out. That's okay. But if you're going to do the shows, you are going to have that that experience. Does that make sense in, in regards yeah, it does. to that? And and I agree. I agree with everything you've just said. Yeah. I, I think the upshot here is that um, you made the decision to keep in contact with that, as a good producer should, yeah. when you've done a story like that. But these producers of reality TV shows are moving on to the next season Correct. so fast that the contestants become forget me nots. Which last year's yeah, fish and chip wrapper, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I agree wholeheartedly that Nine and Endemol Shine have the right to sell that show anywhere they like. Sure. But I think in a market like America especially, um, it would be worth just a note to the contestants to say, just letting you know, the series of Married at First Sight you were in is about to go to air in the United States on this channel from this date. I agree with you. Especially this. because yeah, with someone like Alyssa, they know exactly what the reaction is going to be. They saw yeah. it with the Australian series. Yeah. She, like her or not, the stuff that she received was horrific and it will happen again in the next coming yeah. weeks because it's airing in the US. So I just think a heads up was all she was asking for and I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think you covered it, Abby, when you said you don't think it was anyone um, deciding to be mean. It no. just wasn't a thought, you know. Mm. It's probably a, a different producer running it. It's, you know, the people, the, the, the crews change all the time on these shows. So, yeah, it's just something to consider. Look, coming up, comedian Mike Goldstein from The 100 with Andy Lee. Well, he will be a special guest. We'll find out why people are leaving Netflix and we'll also find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, the 100 with Andy Lee continues to go from strength to strength. And in the later season, Mike Goldstein and Sophie Monk have become series regulars. So I thought it was about time we got to know Mike Goldstein. Hello, Mike. Welcome to TV Black Bucks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Mate, you are really finding yourself with The 100 with Andy Lee. You're a series regular now. Have you noticed uh, any sense of fame that has come with that? Um, I had a lady come up to me the other day and she asked me, she said, do you know you look like Mike Goldstein? And I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I do know that. I also feel like him too. And she said that that's weird and walked away. So, you know, it's little moments like that, that really, you know, let you know where you are in the showbiz hierarchy. So I love it though. It's great. Well, it's a lot of fun, right? Because you're obviously a stand-up comedian and you, you've gained a lot of success through that, but obviously the national platform on a television show as a series regular, it gives you that added bonus. And, and of course, you obviously proved yourself on the show in previous seasons. Now, like Sophie, becoming one of the regulars they rely on. Um, do things change when you become a regular as opposed to a guest on the show? Uh, I don't know. I don't think the, the pressure or... Come on, you get more arrogant. <laughs> you, you demand better dressing room, surely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, my butler is just at a screen right now. You can't see him. But I, I'm very demanding. I'm a diva. I have all these demands backstage, you know, like only green M&Ms. Sure. Um, and I, I, you know, I have a team of writers. I don't write anything <laughs> myself. It, it gets easier, basically. That's what you're looking for. It's yeah. way easier now. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that does come with uh, uh, the fame thing, and and I don't mean to say that you're not famous, but the profile uh -huh. that comes with being on the show is that you then become known with all the other work you're doing. I think, for example, do you have to start thinking, uh, second guessing yourself when you're on podcasts like the Little Dum Dum Club, which is a very yeah. open and honest podcast, and let's just say <laughs> stories come up in that podcast, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Are you worried? I don't think, no, I don't think I'm censoring any more than I ever was. I, I think a part of being a comedian that, you know, what people love is the openness and you're yes. willing to comment on anything and tell stories about anything. And with the Dum Dum Club, it's like hanging out with friends and you're just telling stories. And I, I don't think so. And the level of, if you want to call it fame that I'm at, uh, I did a radio interview a few weeks ago and only halfway through did they realize they weren't talking to big brothers mike goldman oh no um, yeah so i'm not the too worried about give people. it away uh, they they must have been confused or thought mike goldman you know had been to the states and was putting it on and uh yeah it was great i love that it was just amazing they did their research and were very prepared and yeah so yeah. So to answer your question, no, I don't think I'm self-censoring. And I think if anything, I what people might like from me is maybe that I'll say whatever. And, yeah. you know, if it's funny, it's funny. And yeah, not self-censor at all. 
Well, that's obviously where I got to know you before you were on the hundred. So I've become a fan through that podcast. Um, but yeah. do you now live in Australia? Are you here full time? Yeah, I'm in Melbourne. I've been in Melbourne since 2015. Before that, I was in Perth for a while. Um, and I, I go back to the States for at least a month or two every year just to see friends and family and sure. maybe do some gigs. But Melbourne's home and uh, my partner is here and she's got a, a real person's job that's uh, very good. <laughs> so what if comedy goes to hell, she can be my sugar mama. So, <laughs> So was it love that brought you to Australia or... Did you just like the country? Uh, I was traveling forever and then ended up in Australia with no money and called home and said, can I borrow some money for flights? And my dad said, well, looks like you live in Australia now. And it's, uh, <laughs> been, uh, I've been here ever since. <laughs> well, it's working out for you, though. Australians are taking to you. And, and you know, there's, there's thousands of comedians wanting a gig like you've got on The 100 you've got it for a reason you've got to deliver the goods so you're obviously doing something right yeah it's going well and if i can boost mike goldman's profile at the same time why not (laughs) oh he'll take that yeah (laughs) um with with the hundred um are you surprised at how well the show is going and what you what happens on the show as far as the answers to the questions uh every week it catches me by surprise i mean just some of the stats the answers i would never be able to guess like there's very specific ones like i think on tomorrow's episode uh there's a whole segment about alcohol and the what occupations drink the most while they're at Mm -hmm. work there's an obvious one which is hospitality but then my you know initial reaction was jet star pilots after that and then uh that was incorrect <laughs> and then the other ones i won't we list three finance like people who work in finance were the big drinkers as well and then there's a third one that oh, you'd, you'd have, have to watch to be. The show. you'd have to be. Yeah, yeah. well the beauty of this and we're lifting the curtain is we're recording this before it goes to air on Tuesday night, yeah. but we'll actually be playing this after it's gone to air. So we're sort of promoting okay. the episode, the, the show in general. Um, it will, yeah. this, this interview will go to air this week, but TV black box fans yeah. will understand how TV works. So don't worry about that. Um, That's but, right. but it has been a lot of fun. I'm guessing it's been a lot of fun for you being on the show and especially on the episode you get to do with Sophie. Oh, yes. Fantastic. I mean, Sophie's one of a kind. Um, She, you know, you can take the girl out of Queensland, but you can't take Queensland out of a girl. (laughs) And she she is always hilarious. Um, And I think we kind of riff and bounce off each other in a great way. That's like formed a good dynamic uh, with the kind of trifecta with me, Andy and her. And yeah, it's always a pleasure going in. And just the fact that I get to tell jokes on TV once a week is is the dream, the dream gig. So love it. And you've also got your own podcast as well, don't you? Yeah. uh, The Phone Hacks podcast where we uh, trade phones with comedians and we go through uh, notes, camera roll, search history. And it used to be draft tweets, but no one really tweets anymore. So uh, (laughs) we look at Facebook, Facebook memories sometimes. And it's it's pretty anxiety filled. But after five years of doing it, me and my co-host are, are dead inside and it's just the the comedians that come in and turn over their phone for them it's it takes a lot of bravery well i can't believe anyone ever did it from the get-go <laughs> like i genuinely can't yeah. believe people do it well this is actually how i met andy lee he he was a guest on the pod and we hit it off from there and then the rest is but history. that was the first time you met him the first time i'd ever met him was when he was a guest oh, on wow. the podcast yeah. Because there is a thing with comedians, isn't there, that if another comedian asks you to go on their pod, they have to say yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think you can make it up an excuse. And there's everyone has a <laughs> everyone has a podcast now, so it's it's like asking someone to pick you up from the airport. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. I, are, are we that good of friends? Or yeah, so you got to weigh up the options. And yes, I've I've turned down a few, but the good ones. And the comedians that I like, I'll try and make an effort because our podcast is such an invasion of privacy. Anyone who's yeah. done mine, I will I will definitely do theirs. Absolutely. Well, Mike, we can see more of you on The 100 with Andy Lee. You're occasionally on The Dum Dum Club. You've got your own podcast. 
and uh, you're everywhere in Australia. You become our favourite import. So the the hundred with Andy Lee is every <laughs> Tuesday night. Thank you so much for being with us on TV Black yeah. Box. Yeah, take that, Ars Barker. I'm the new American. <laughs> oh, he's old news. <laughs> he's old news. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks so much for having me on. This is fun. Well, for the first time since its launch in Australia in 2015, Netflix has lost subscribers. While still holding out the top spot in subscription numbers at 6.1 million, that's actually down 3% on last year. Amazon Prime Video sits in second place with 4.5 million, but saw a 9% increase. Um, Robbo, we know that Netflix cracked down on password sharing. Some commentators are saying this drop in subscriber numbers is the result of that. Would you agree with that? I, I think it is because I think the great way for a very crowded market is to let word of mouth spread. Um, and I think that that's what I think we're missing here. Um, it's a very crowded market, though. So we've got we've got Stan, we've got um, Apple TV Plus. Um, we've got, you know, um, Amazon, we've got all of these things, Disney Plus, Paramount Plus. It's a very crowded market. Um, I think the decision to go... So you think this is about more competition for Netflix? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Because Rather when, than the pa password sharing crackdown? Well, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, you've, got, um, the, you've got the Telstra, if you like, of um, the corporations. You know what I mean? Like, so Telstra is the, the main of the communications. You've got um, that, that you've you've got Netflix, who is the incumbent. Well, it it no longer matters anymore when you've got um a very full sea of subscribers and streamers. Um, yeah, and they're all going where the content is. Exactly yeah. right. That's what I'm saying. So I think that this this crackdown and and you know what Australians don't like it. We're a country of convicts. Like it or not, <laughs> we don't like it when authoritarian people come down and say, well, you can't do it. It makes people, and I think it's in our blood, it makes people not want to do it. So if you can't share a password with me, then you can pee off and I'm going to go to all of these other subscribers. Well, unless that don't they've got the content that. you want. Content will always win. I agree with this, but there is plenty of content on Netflix that I won't go to because I can't share a password. Um, yeah. I think it was the wrong way to go. It was too heavy-handed. And the great thing about Netflix, though, is that they know the different markets. So, yeah, sure, in some markets, maybe in England, you could go no password sharing. But you must have done market research in a country like Australia where we do not like to be told what to do. We like to think <laughs> that we're in charge. And that's that's backfired. That's actually a really, yeah. really terrible yeah. decision. This is actually really bad market research for Netflix, and I do not feel sorry for them. Yeah. They have not done their homework. Abby, this was a, a study done by Telstai. It's an annual study with more than 1,100 people. It was done in August uh, and another 1,030 people in December. Uh, mm. It also interviewed streaming executives and examined financial reports filed by major media companies because Netflix don't actually reveal their subscriber numbers in Australia. They do globally. Mm. But let me just take you quickly through some of the other numbers. Disney Plus was up 1% to 3.1 million. Stan rose 2% to 2.6 million. Foxtel's binge rose 22% to 1.5 million. This is the most intriguing one. Paramount Plus mm. rose 42, 41%, and it's now sitting, along with binge, at 1.5 million. I think that is an extraordinary achievement for Paramount Plus. I do as well. It's it's hard to compare the percentages because they're all being compared from different numbers. So while 45% was it, that might yeah. sound like a lot, and yeah. it is, and good on them, they're being measured on different numbers. Sure, so, but they're now matching, they're now yeah. matching Binge, which I, my mm -hmm. perception was Binge had more penetration in the market mm -hmm. than way more than Paramount. And oh, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's a really uh, good effort. I, I think it is... It's also hard to measure this, I think, when I know myself and a lot of other people I know are not committed to, we're not loyal to a streaming service. So we will jump month, month to month depending on the content that's there. So I think a lot of people do that as well. And I think when big shows come to Netflix, say the final season of Stranger Things, I think if you took the measurements from that month, the subscribers would massively increase. So it is hard to take measurements at two points in the year and 
go off that. I know it gives an overall trend, um, but I think overall as well, as Robbo said, the market is really full. There's so many streaming options. And so I think this is also really good because it just encourages better content. You want competitiveness, right? You don't want Netflix at the top sitting comfortable and staying there. Like I think them dropping a little bit is maybe a good thing and that it will encourage better content overall. Let's hope. All right. It's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. I can tell you I've been watching Ahsoka on Disney Plus and I think I like it. I'm not 100% convinced yet, but I'm liking I'm likely liking it. So I'll be watching more of that. Can I ask you a question on that? Um, I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan and I know the character by the look of it. Why do I want to care about the character that I know the look of but has never been a oh, I don't think you need any background and I'm sure Mark never. would say the exact opposite, but it has to be designed to be self-contained and there's a hint of just by what's hinted in it i think um it it kind of goes into an animation like i think it comes off an animation called the clone wars or something like that which i haven't watched which is huge and because there's actually uh in it there's artwork that seems to depict some characters i've seen but i haven't watched you know like in, in 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 another series uh, Malk would obviously be able to answer that a lot more, but it is enjoyable. It's got an interesting um, plot. Um, uh, it's got some surprises. Um, some of it is a little bit predictable, but look, I'm I'm ready to take the journey, so I'm I'm ready to give it a go. Um, the other one, Robbo, we talked about it before, is Gogglebox UK, but I've been a bit naughty this week. I have used my VPN to um, hook into Channel 4 in the UK (laughs) because I ran out of Gogglebox UK episodes on Foxtel slash Binge. And so I've been watching the new series on Channel 4 by my VPN. you got to do what you got to do. Oh, I love it. I just – and there's a new series of um, 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown which isn't available here. I love, I love this. Um, so Jimmy yes. Carr has just announced that you can watch all episodes of 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown on YouTube, on his YouTube channel for free. It's just oh, announced. Really? If you want to, yeah, for free, you can watch all of them. Go to his YouTube channel. It's all there. I love that. Amazing. Oh, good it's, on you, Jimmy. Do you know what, Robbo? Uh, Robbo? <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, yes, Rob. looking at myself in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you think that eight out of ten cats does countdown is just good old fashioned showbiz? Variety, variety showbiz. That's what I mean. It's variety showbiz. Love it. Of just having fun with the medium. They've got a great base, and and you know what? That and I've watched a few of those programs just as countdown. It's a dry show. It's still a fun show that you can interact with, which is what I was talking about yeah. before. But, but it is it, what it, it is. Ripe, but it was ripe for the picking for comedians. And yeah. whoever decided to go, this show that's been on the air for like the past 50,000 years, if we put comedians into it and do some showbiz with it, it's a great show. I think it's fantastic. Well, I think it was a special charity it was, event. It, indeed it was. That was their pilot. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think everyone time. went, this is gold. Let's keep yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's great. Um, great and and Gogglebox, now you said something very controversial earlier. You said that you think the Gogglebox UK is a better show. And it's interesting. My eldest daughter, Jasmine, when I first started watching Gogglebox UK, she's like, I can't watch this. It's uh, really? not as good as the Australian one. And now she's like, Dad, have you been watching Gogglebox while you've been in Sydney, Gogglebox UK? you got to save it and wait until we're watching it together. She's so into it now. Australia performs. They, they perform. UK feels and just delivers. Australia, even though we're probably in the 30th season, they are still performing going, there's a camera here. So, well, what do you think of this? Or what do you think of that? When you watch the UK version, I truly yeah. believe that they have developed to not be in front of the camera. Um, I find the Australian version, they're waiting to, to deliver the singers. Mm. We're the singers yes. that we can deliver. Yeah. Can, whereas yeah. the, the Brits 
um, are delivering zingers, but they are mixed with nuance, they're mixed with integrity, and they're mixed with intelligence. They are actually watching the programs. In Australia, they're waiting for an influencer deal. They are waiting to deliver that zinger. They are waiting to be in well, the Well, Simon promo. and Adam went off to try and find fame and now they're back on Gogglebox because none of that worked out. Well, I do love of, them. Though. Lots of people have tried uh, to leave uh, They seem like very good guys. I don't, I, I'm not saying that as a criticism. You've got to try and use your opportunities. I'm, I'm not actually having a go. The casting um, on Gogglebox Australia is wrong and continues to be wrong because they're, they're, they're performing, they're not watching. And the whole point of Gogglebox is we are watching people watching television. We're not watching... Uh, performers watching television, and that's why they should I, come into the McKnight household and then have you and Abby together in another household. Oh, uh, Abby! <laughs> no, no, wait, Abby and I've talked about this a lot. We would be fucking great. We would be. And again, I mean, I know that I don't have a great relationship with the head of Binge, um, you know, because she told me her nickname in high school. But I still think though <laughs> that Abby and I should be a a, a special. I wasn't couple. here that week. No, you weren't. You no, I was hosting, and it did not. I would go have been pulling well. that in, don't you <laughs> it worry. Did not it go was well. funny. It was oh. funny. Um, but I think that Abby and I HP or HP or something. Yeah, HP pencil. Because oh, whatever. She, I'm going to explain it. It's us, not worth the explanation. She but told it was us funny. that was yeah, it was funny. Now, what watch back? I mean, viewers will know. So, Robbo, uh, you've done one show. You've done eight out of ten cats. Does countdown? What's your other no, show? No, I think Rob, you did three actually. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, well, yeah. I used one of Mulks. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, the only uh, the only streaming platform that I watch is Apple TV Plus, and thank you, Reese. He's an amazing man. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> the whole point of getting a subscription is to review shows, not keep sucking up someone's ass. He can do both. Well, yeah, I only like to watch Apple TV Plus because, you know, that's the streaming service that I've been provided with. And I want to watch television. I want to consume television. I want to be deep in the content. Um, But I got a lovely message from one of our listeners, Paul uh, Abernethy. And I apologize, Paul, if I haven't uh, pronounced that right. But he's put a picture up and he said, just saw a photo of Mike Sneesby. Obviously, Daddy Sneesby, Daddy Sneesby, Daddy Nine Network. Um, he looks like he could be your dad. He does have a dad look to him. It's a shame that dad <laughs> won't give me a free stand subscription. So uh, obviously, Daddy Sneedsby's listening. Can I just get a bloody stand subscription <laughs> so then I can review some shows on stand? I'm willing to be bought. But Daddy Sneedsby, I think, is a wonderful executive. Actually, one of the best we've got. He's a great Australian. Um, I love. Well, certainly the fact not that he- choice. Are we? No, but, Choice no, goes but, and buys all the products themselves. We're like, give us free subscriptions right. and we'll review your shows. And I can't help but notice he's got the same haircut as Robbo, but he's got a bit more grey in there. But um, look, Daddy Sneesby, give me a stand, uh, and I'm I'm willing to um you know to uh, praise its contact, but I can't do that now. So Apple TV Plus, right. I've been continuing with uh, Ted Lasso. What a wonderful oh, show! Oh, you've actually got a show. I thought we were done. It was just... <laughs> Ted Lasso. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ted Lasso, wonderful show. Don't even try to edit out my love for Daddy Sneesby there. If you try to edit that out, um, and also I've been watching Amazing Stories, which I talked about last week. Um, Morning Wars. I've been continuing to watch. Hang on, that's three. You're done. That's three already. Jesus, someone stop him. And and don't give me an editing challenge because you know I'll take it up. <laughs> but you know what it will be? It'll be and I think that it was. Uh, <laughs> and I think that Rob. Or, or I'll is do great. what I did with Mug the other week and I'll just put quacks over it. <laughs> <laughs> whack whack. Like a Where, duck. When he tried to get all those shows in, I just went. I've also been watching quack quack, and then I had quack quack. <laughs> Remember the turkey of the week? Yeah. I'll and then there was up. the gobble gobble noise? Yeah. Gobble, gobble, I think you should bring that segment back. That was I a don't good one. remember that. Anyway, we'll have these production meetings off air. <laughs> Abby, what have you been watching? <laughs> um, I am still working my way through Lost. I have stalled a little bit. I'm getting ah, a bit. the fatigue. No, no, no. I'm still. No, no, no. I'm still in season two, which was when it was at its prime, apparently, oh, by yeah. like awards, yes, reviews, true, everything. True, true. But I'm just, I said this to Robbo as well, I'm I'm really getting over the flashbacks and I know they're a massive part of the show and the story building, but, like, I am finding what's happening on the island way more exciting than another flashback and it's taking me, like, three or four days to get through each episode because I'm having to pause so much. And it's just, actually, do you know what? I noticed I watched an episode last night that had no flashbacks 
And I was like, this was a great episode. And I'm just, I think Which in season episode one was it was that? Ugh, like season two, episode 15, maybe. I don't remember. That's not going to mean anything. What happened in the episode without <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, great just... episode. Great episode. You're right. Tell me what happened. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Great episode, was it? I just, oh. I'm watching a lot of these episodes in close succession. I don't remember which one it was, but, and I don't want to give any spoilers. You're the anti-spoiler man. But anyway. I think in the first season they were really important for character building. I now know what happened and why they are the way they are. I, I just don't need any more information. Um, but it's fine. <laughs> and then last night, I, oh, no, the night before, I finally watched um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, so I yeah. Actually, I only watched Into the Spider-Verse a few weeks ago because my brother's been trying to get me to watch it. And then the other night he was like, all right, let's watch the second one now. It's so ev- – everyone knows it's good. I'm not – this is not groundbreaking. But it's – I'm usually like a Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man. I'm a purist. I don't like watching Spider-Man that are not Tobey Maguire. Oh but I think because it's animated, I can separate it a little bit more. And, like, the animation style is amazing. The whole thing's amazing. Um, soundtrack and score, freaking amazing. Like – one of probably my favorite thing about the movies. Um, and, and the way and... Across the Spider-Verse integrates the other Spider-Men, it's mm. brilliant. I mean, it's, it's really so good. well done. And, and then when you look back and 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 how it explains things that happened in the first movie. Yeah, it's, it's great. Just, and... Like it's just really well thought out. It is. The only thing I didn't like is that it ended on a cliffhanger. I did not realize that. I know there was going to be a third movie, but I didn't like that that story wasn't I don't think any of us resolved. did really. It pissed because I thought, oh, God, there's only 10 minutes left. They've got quite a lot of stuff <laughs> left to cover. And then it ended and I was like, well, we, we don't know. What Thank God it, and I that really bothered me. Thank God it wasn't a flashback though, right? True. You that's flashback true, hater. <laughs> I am a flashback hater. <laughs> but, no, that's really good. It's not available to stream for free yet, but you can buy it on Apple TV or Amazon Prime. All right. Thank you, Abby. And that brings us to the end of this edition of TV Black Box. Now, I'm not sure what's happening next week because Mark and I are going to the Channel 9 upfronts next week. Maybe Robbo and I will just do it then since we didn't get an invite. <laughs> well, Mark may just end up doing his uh, yearly interview with Hamish Turner or we might do a post upfronts thing. You know what? That's a problem for Rob next week and I haven't really sat down and thought about it. So we'll have a team meeting off there and and come back to you. But don't forget, in the meantime, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news and it's where you'll find out. McKnight was right. The stories keep dropping. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week in one form or another. Bye-bye. Thank you, Robbo. Thank you, Abby. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.